What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Ubuntu Nutrition Podcast, Season 2, Episode Number 1, and today I chat with Jessica, the Sports RD. She is currently the dietitian of the LA Clippers NBA basketball team and previously worked last year with UCLA basketball and helped them to reach the NCAA Final Four. We're in March Madness now, so everybody knows what that means. She's also a master coach with bodybuilding.com and this chat is highly informative for athletes, coaches, team sport coaches. You'll learn something, so listen up. Okay, welcome everyone to the Ubuntu Nutrition Podcast and I am here with Jessica, the sports RD. That is the the website you go by, Jessica, is it? Yeah, that works. Yeah, Yeah. well, thank you so much for coming on. And like I said before we hopped on, I'm a massive fan ever since I came across you, which was only recently, but I feel like there's not a lot of um, performance nutritionists sharing content. There's a lot of just general population nutrition information out there, almost too much, but it's nice to see some, you know, performance specific things. So would you just tell us a small bit about who you are, what you do? Sure. Yeah. So my name is Jessica Isaacs. I'm a uh, sports dietitian. I've been a dietitian for about four years now. Um, and most of my work has been um, specifically in performance nutrition. That's was really my goal. I was a, a second career dietitian in the military before that, and then just had my own like personal struggles with nutrition, uh, trying to figure it all out, just went through all the wrong paths of diets and all these sorts of things. And um, through my journey of figuring it out, was really passionate about, you know, how do I, how do I take what I've experienced and learn, um, get the proper education, and then work with people that are performing at these really high levels and help them understand nutrition uh, and avoid some of the traps that I fell in. So got on the path to becoming a dietitian. I went to Purdue University in Indiana, um, worked there a little bit with the athletes, um, spent a couple of years there interning. And then uh, my first job as a sports dietitian was at uh, Kobe Bryant's Mamba Sports Academy uh, out in Thousand Oaks, California. So I worked there uh, with athletes of all ages, skill levels, youth to professional level. Um, that was a really neat experience. Uh, and then after COVID hit, you know, things just kind of, the we, the world got a little weird for a little bit. Uh, I ended up doing kind of some online private practice work. And then I started dabbling with content creation and making some of these like fun videos and things that I, that I post and do on social media. So that's been really fun for me. Uh, and then uh, regular job wise, uh, started working at UCLA with the men's and women's basketball teams. They are doing performance nutrition, a uh, really cool experience. The men's team went to the final four that year. Uh, they're they're right now at, uh, in March Madness at the NCAA tournament, the men's basketball team for UCLA. So excited to see them dancing all the way to the end, hopefully. Uh, and now I am with the Los Angeles Clippers. So I am um, their lead sports dietitian, full-time dietitian, working with pro basketball players now. Um, so that's my like regular career. And then I still do a lot of the content creation and um, some other private practice stuff on the side. Um, yeah, that's my background. Wow. Wow. Amazing. And if you don't, well, I'll, I'll share the details, but the, the Instagram reels are absolutely, like you say, they're very fun, but you hit that kind of unique balance, um, of making it fun and entertaining, but also giving like really great value, I think, you know, so I think that's difficult to strike. And what's your kind of opinion towards, so I sometimes get criticized. I try to do reels as well. And I do that as much as I can, I try to make them fun, but some people and some of the higher up, I guess, nutritionists that are, that are in my 
uh, I guess, circles say, I don't like to simplify all my expertise and knowledge into a 10 second video. And they, they kind of go against them, but I don't, I don't really agree with that. What would your kind of view be? Yeah. View? I think they can be conversation starters. Um, so even if we're not going to give everybody all the information, one, we know nutrition is incredibly nuanced. There's so much to it and there's no one size fits all. Like really nutrition is truly individualized, not just like individual needs, but also like preferences. What do you like? What do you don't like? What are your habits like? What are your challenges through the day? What's your schedule like? You know, things like that. So nutrition is so, um, so individualized that you can't possibly cover everything in one video. Um, so I see them as conversation starters. I'm going to give you a little bit of education and then, you know, uh, maybe link out to some things or give you areas to find more information or, or maybe that's going to, um, it's been great for me with my, my clients and my athletes, because they'll then ask me questions, uh, in person, or maybe even DM me about something I post and we'll get into how to use some of the information that I provided in the video to, um, to them specifically. So it's not meant to be one size fits all. I think, you know, I get some criticism as well, sometimes usually from like the general population and a lot of like kind of bro sciencey kind of guys yeah. that you know disagree with points and it's like yes i am very much generalizing information because it's a 10 to 30 second clip like what do you what do you expect me to do yeah. with that i've got a lot of education and knowledge i can't possibly compound that even even a, a one hour session for a client let alone a 10 second video so it's a conversation starter yeah yeah i absolutely agree that's that's and it's uh, i guess it's just breaking down the barriers as well if, to a very, very complicated topic. For some people, they just think it's something that they can't even get near, but a reel that simplifies it sometimes, they're like, oh, okay, well, this is actually a bit more approachable than I thought. But that's great, that's great. So it seems like I, I looked through your website a few times, it's great, and we'll get to that, but um, you've worked with a range of sports, but from kind of your, your bio and your history, it sounds like basketball is at the forefront of that. Were you a, a basketball player in high school or college or? I just fell into basketball. I was a rugby player myself. So, and oh, uh, okay. know, yeah, but just, you know, well, maybe, maybe from, maybe from where you're from, but like, well, yeah, I, yeah. And here it's growing now, but like not a lot of opportunities in a rugby or else I probably would have uh, more aggressively pursued a path. I just kind of, you know, the opportunity at Mamba sports Academy kind of came through with um, just working in the field, doing good work, knowing the right people and just being ready at the right time. Um, and so that was very basketball heavy, but there were a lot of other kinds of athletes. I worked with gymnasts and lacrosse players and, you know, Olympic bobs, bobsled skeleton racers, just all kinds of like um, different variety of sports. Uh, and then basketball just has been kind of the one that I've just started to niche out into. Um, there wasn't a lot of basketball specific dietitians like in the NBA, there's only like, I think seven full-time dietitians, wow. a lot of part-time and consultants, but it's still very much growing. And, and basketball has been kind of a newer area in sports. I feel like where, where dietitians and, and nutritionists or performance nutritionists have started to specialize. Um, so yeah, I just kind of fell into it. I love, I love basketball. I love the, the people and the culture. I like the small numbers of a team, you know, so I can really personalize mm. and individualize and focus my attention rather than, um, you know, working with maybe like a football team or something that has so many players and you've got, you've got your hands in so many different things, trying to um, help them and support them that with basketball, I can really spend a lot more time uh, and focus on, on each of my athletes. So I enjoy that perk of it. Wow. I never even thought of that. I never even thought that it's a, it's a smaller, smaller team. So you can really work with each player one, one-to-one -one. Mm -hmm. with the basketball and the seven dietitians. That's one that I've actually 
I've actually heard. Of, so are these NBA players, are they working privately with, with nutritionists or are they just it varies. doing their own thing? Wow. It varies. I see a spectrum. So like the law of the, and it's, I, I won't, I won't simplify it, but there's a spectrum of like a lot of the younger athletes that maybe had D1 dietitians, but again, um, not too many basketball specific dietitians at the collegiate level. When I started at UCLA, I was one of two full-time basketball only dietitians in the country for basketball um, at the D1 level, at least. And I would imagine at the, any of the other levels too. So um they may have had exposure to a dietitian at a college setting, but it would have been a dietitian spread across like a number of sports. And it depends on, you know, they might not have had any kind of interaction or maybe have had limited like a presentation or maybe some body comp testing or something but pretty limited. So some of them have no nutrition knowledge and don't understand how um, they're very skilled athletes. Um, and so they don't understand how much further they could take it or how much, um, how they could extend their careers, um, how they could take care of their bodies. Because you, you, you know, you're, if when you're a brand new sports car, you drive it off a lot, you can take that thing, be that thing up. It's going to, it's going to do whatever you want it to do. It's going to handle well, it's going to run well, but over time you start keep beating that thing up. It's not going to run so well if you're not maintaining it. So it's usually the, the little bit of the older athletes um, that are more a little bit tuned in to mm -hmm. nutrition and maybe have someone they're working with or maybe have spent some time with not always a the the appropriate credentialed person um, in that area, but somebody that knows some things about nutrition. So they have different, not all of their belief systems about nutrition are necessarily uh, evidence-based. Um, and some, a lot of them have like private chefs, you know? And so yeah, yeah, I've seen that. someone feeding them. So they don't necessarily need to do as much on their own or know as much on their own because someone's putting stuff in their hands. So as long as that person's got kind of the right information, then they're going to be okay. So it's really a spectrum. So for, the, for, for a lot of the guys, they're just kind of doing what they do. And some of them might have people they're working with specifically, but at least like on my team, I don't, I don't know of anybody that has like somebody else that they were working with at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, coming from you being a dietitian, I'm sure there's some kind of hesitancy towards a private chef providing, you know, the needs of an athlete. When you talk about recovery and things, they're probably giving them great meals, but it might not be ticking the boxes in terms of recovery and fueling for, for their repeated games. But on that note, I was going to say that it's, I think it's absolutely crazy because I've reached out to a few, you know, these private trainers that are very kind of big now, um, mm -hmm. they, they train NBA players kind of privately and they're, they, they have quite big profiles. And I was speaking to them about maybe developing a nutrition platform. And they tell me that it's just, it's such an afterthought on basketball players' minds. For me, that's crazy because if you think of the, the physiology of like performance nutrition, especially NBA and NCAA, it's repeated high intensity bouts of performance where recovery is absolutely crucial and time sensitive recovery and like you say, it's it's so much um, pressure on their bodies and load and volume on their bodies that, yeah. So with athletes I've worked with, I've always had this kind of, I always hear from them that, hey, you know, I'm doing fine, but how better, how much better could you be doing? So do you find that a lot that when you start working with these athletes, whether it's the college or the, the pro level, do they start to come out of themselves and reach newer newer heights? Yeah. I mean, everybody's buy-in process is different. You know, uh, the relationship piece I think is really important first, you know, especially 
even at the college level, but especially at the pro level, they've had so many people in their ears over the years uh, mm. and they have different people that they trust. And they also have, you know, like with, with NBA players, they're traded so much too, that like the trust, trust is hard. Yeah. Uh, and so when you're someone who's coming, you're an outsider coming in and nutrition is not really an established area. Dietitians aren't really established profession within um, basketball settings yet. So there's going to be a lot more trust towards like your athletic trainer and your strength coach to be the sources of that information. And historically they've been the sources of that information. So um, first I think it takes like, Hey, who the heck are you? What can you do for me? What's your job? And then sometimes, you know, we get pigeonholed into like just providing food. And so we're just the food people. And so they don't know that there's also, we can educate you beyond this. Um, mm. So I would say it's, it's different for, for people. Some people it's um, once I, they trust me and I'm like, Hey, try this, you know, and they're willing to do it. And they see that, that it's helped their performance. They, their energy is better, or they were having cramping issues and now they're not cramping or something like that. Their endurance is better, or um, maybe they have stomach upset going into training because of something they're eating and you help them tinker something and they're feeling better. And then they're like, okay, what else? Or, or sometimes that's good enough for them. You've got to kind of know like how much further is this person willing to push it for now? Uh, and sometimes it takes an injury. Sometimes it takes someone mm. like having like a fluke injury, like a non-contact injury where like it's their body just kind of let them down somewhere. And then they're like willing to maybe listen to, here's how we get you better. Here's at least how we fuel the recovery process. But then like, also let's talk about injury prevention moving forward. Um, but it's different. And some people are just completely, you know, they're just going to keep doing what they do and they, they don't really, they, they don't, um, uh, I haven't, maybe I haven't done a good enough job selling like how much better they could be with it, or they've had bad experiences, or they're just not in a, a mindset of ready to change and everybody's different. Uh, but yeah, there's just like, you could do, you could be doing so much better if you dial in your nutrition, hydration, recovery process, like, oh my gosh, it can truly be a game changer in how you feel and how you perform. You can be an incredible athlete and just take it that much further. And then also be an incredible athlete for that much longer because you took care of your body. Uh, but you know, that's a, that's a tough sell sometimes. Of course. Of course. That's a really good point though, that it, it comes down to providing the evidence, like this is going to work. And then they have to see some kind of tangible benefit before they really adopt the rest of the kind of recommendations you're giving for sure. That's, that's interesting. So how important is simplicity um, in this? Because obviously when we look at performance nutrition, it's a bit more complex than just, like I say, gen pop nutrition, but how important is it for you to kind of really break down kind of complex recommendations to just simple strategies for these guys? It's the most important <laughs> part yeah. of it. It's got to be simple. Like, I, I mean, most of my conversations with my athletes at the collegiate or pro level is going to be a quick two minute combo and passing, or maybe like a 10 minute education session for the team, but it's going to be brief. You know, it's, and it's got to be something simple to implement. And once I think they're bought in, in, and if they are receptive and interested, then you can kind of start sprinkling the education along the way too, but it's got to be simple. Um, they have so you know, if you're talking about student athletes, so many things they're juggling between mm. school and sport and extracurriculars and family and social life and everything else. There's so many things they're juggling. So if you want to add anything in or change anything, it's got to really be something simple for them to do um, simple for them to understand and implement. And, and that's why, you know, again, like back to the videos, the short form videos, that's why those have been really helpful for me too, is because it is taking things and making it super simple. Uh, and, and like we said before, it's not telling them the whole story, but it's getting them information that they need 
um, in a way that they're going to understand it and be able mm -hmm. to implement it um, right now. Brilliant. Completely agree. That's great. So moving a bit more kind of specifically to basketball, could you just kind of tell us some ways basketball as a sport is different than, let's say, football or soccer or kind of like a, uh, a field sport? And, and yeah. some of the considerations you take into account then with, with the nutrition. Well, some of their needs are going to be similar, but if you think of like, uh, you know, it's, it comes down to like, well, size of the person too, because you've got, you oh, know, yeah. a point guard can be five, seven, five, eight, you know, at the smallest. Right. Uh, and then you could have your, your guards that could be, you know, <laughs> upwards yeah. of you know, seven feet. Right. So you've got very different body sizes and that's why it's really individual there. Same with football, right? Football's got a wide variety. I think probably less variety soccer, you know, maybe is a more similar build. Um, but you've got lean body athletes. Um, you're going, you know, you need to consider too how many minutes they're playing. Um, not mm -hmm. everybody's playing game so um but they're going to train you know are they training the same way so maybe they don't play the same minutes uh in the actual games but maybe they're i'm um, spent doing all the same workouts and doing all the same training right so look at what those look like um i try to you know work with the strength coach to understand what what block of training they're in if they're in um let's say um preseason or something like that or off season we might be working on some body recomposition you know um people trying to put on size or lose size uh, and that's where we're going to focus on that. Um, we, you know, uh, once then we progress into season, then we're trying to maintain weight and we're trying to fuel uh, effort for performance, right? So high carbohydrate, um, a moderate high protein, um, get some fats in there too. How that's going to look is just eating, you know, frequently throughout the day. Uh, I think that's going to be the same for any kind of athlete performing for um, at this level though, too. So for most, it's three to five meals in a day, uh, a few snacks, pre-training snacks, post-training snacks. Um, the sport itself, you know, it's explosive. It's There's a lot of jumping, sprinting. Um, it's a stop-and-go sport. So then mm -hmm. fueling for that, uh, you know, looking at any kind of supplements or performance enhancers that may... Um, help with that, that jump, that sprint, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, so, so it's, it's really, I think comes down to the individual athlete again, right. We're saying this like same thing again, individual, like athlete of, you know, it's a, it's a different sport, but we're going to look through what are the stressors of, of that particular sport. And then what is that particular athlete looking to do? You know, are they someone who struggles to maintain body size during the season, which, you know, a lot of basketball players do uh, that during season, they're, a lot of games, um, travel. Again, we talked about like schedule and, and being a little bit crazy and drug, drug, juggling a lot of things. So sometimes we can be losing weight during season. And so we're trying to, um, have really, really high calories. So see, some of these guys are, you know, at four or 5,000 calories just to maintain wow. their body size. So, yeah. And I, I think, you know, that could be similar for a football or a soccer player. So, you know, not what a plate for each of those different sports could all look very similar depending on, the particular person yes yeah absolutely and i i love that you said that because when you're speaking to athletes and you tell them that you know they're saying they're they're losing size or they can't put on size and, and you say all right well are you eating enough oh, i eat plenty i eat all day it's like well do you know how much you need to be eating to to match your expenditure you know because a big part of uh team sports and especially in the the professional level i can imagine is they warm up for what two hours before the game they're walking around they're doing you know resistance bands they're running they're dribbling they're shooting like this is all expenditure that's they're not thinking about probably you know so 
I can't imagine with the NBA guys and the NCA guys how much how much you need to you need to get in. Is that is that a challenge to try to is that the main challenge trying to get enough in rather than too much? Yeah, yeah I think uh, getting enough in is, is is usually the thing I see str- people struggle with more, um, especially at the collegiate level and high school level, because perception of what is enough food is you know doesn't always match right. What they think is enough, especially compared to like maybe what their family or their friends eat. Um, they may think is enough, but they're not their family or their friends, right? Their, their needs can be um, twice, three times, four times, you know, easily as much as those people because of their physical activity. So yeah, trying to really gauge of not just of like, what's your structured exercise look like, but like when you're getting shots up with pop at night, you know, how long are you out there running around for when you're doing your, uh, your training with your other trainer, how long are you training for? Are you walking to and from classes? Um, are you, uh, do you go out skateboarding? You know, do you like, like, do you have other hobbies that are active hobbies? And that is a lot of physical movement throughout the day. That's a lot of calorie expenditure throughout the day. And so, um, I don't think people always think about all those other kind of movement outside of, um, just their, you know, structured weightlifting or practice sort of thing. Um, so yeah, getting enough is really hard, especially cause I've got a lot of people too, you know, depending on when you have your practice or lift or whatever, if that's like in the morning, a lot of them aren't eating enough beforehand. Um, they're not going to wake up early enough to eat a full breakfast. They might have a snack or they might go in fasted into their training. And then, so we're already missing an entire meal and that might be a 500 to a thousand calorie meal that we should have had that we're missing. So we're already in the whole 500 to a thousand calories. And then now we're, um, we've got practice, you know, warm up practice, weightlifting, and maybe that's like three hours and then getting showered and all that sort of thing. So maybe like that whole block of time is off four hours and we should have ate something in between there. And we did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then maybe we don't eat right afterwards. So now we're already in the hole, like maybe 2000 calories wow. and we've already got through half of our day. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's easy to get behind, um, if you're not making nutrition a priority and, uh, it's hard to do. You often need some guidance, some structure, some understanding, some baseline knowledge of what does it even look like? It's because it's not the 1600 calorie meal plans that there's, you know, on Pinterest or circulating online. It's not that. And so if you see that, yeah, you're going to think I eat enough. I eat too much even. Uh, and so, you know, if your body composition, not, not the right way, now we're cutting calories when we weren't even eating enough to begin with, and we're just setting ourselves up for injury. So yeah, so uh, getting enough, getting enough in is usually the number one thing um i see athletes struggle with the most is is eating enough yeah wow that's such a good point though that we we kind of compare these these higher calorie diets and are surprised to them based on what we see online what you're saying but the athletes that are at the top level are eating a lot more than than what those diets are kind of uh showing yeah wow that's a great point okay so Moving to like the more specific things with, cause I know there's going to be a lot of basketball players and young athletes listen to this very interested. So the traveling and how big of a challenge is that for, let's say getting to a hotel late at night or having to stop and get snacks and things like that. How, how tough is it to chat, to keep their nutrition, let's say on track, although I don't love that terminology, but on track when they're not right in front of you in the, the training center, you know, when they're away on an away trip. Yeah. So it would be a spectrum. So like, I would say 
you know, every, the resources are different, right? At a high school level, at a college level, and depending on what college and, and a pro level, and depending on what pro team, you know, the resources are different. So um, some teams are going to have things provided to them pretty easily, pretty accessible. Like for my college team, um, you know, the good amount of resources at UCLA. And so they're going to have food at places at times, you know, it's going to be structured meals, catered meals or, or mm. meals set up of some sort. So they're going to have food right in front of them where they're not going to have to think they just got to show up, show up, okay. put the food on the plate, eat the food. Right. But then there are those times throughout the day where like, they're going to have to be in charge of their own snacks or there might be snacks available, but you actually have to get them and eat them. Uh, but if you're like, a high school player or maybe a team that doesn't have as good of resources. Now you're going to have to seek out food. And um, if you're in Southern California, great choices, you know, right. You've got a variety of options. If you're in the Midwest and no hate on the Midwest, I lived in the Midwest. You might have slimmer pickings, depending on where you're at of your um, more healthful choices where, you know, certain things are fine, uh, post game or not before a major game or whatever. Um, they're not exactly our great choices, like a fast food that's going to be heavier saturated fats, right? We don't really want that before a major event before practice, right? Cause those are going to weigh us down, slow us down a little bit. Right. So they're not going to be the best choice before, and you might not have access. So, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to plan around that. Like, what do I pack? Um, what do I have access to around me? What do I need to bring versus what am I going to be able to get? For the pro level guys, I mean, they're well taken care of. Um, they're, you know, I'm setting up meals for them on the plane, at the hotels, um, multiple meals at the arena. You know, there, there's no shortage of food ever. So they, again, but they, again, have to have the awareness of from these food options, what's the appropriate choice for me? Um, and then making sure that they're staying consistent with what they're doing. So if I'm not traveling with them, you know, I hope that I've imparted enough wisdom on them that they're going to make the choices, but at the end of the day, they're going to do what they want and what they feel like. Right. And so, uh, then my goal in that situation is to have enough of the right options there where it just makes making the right choices simple for them. Uh, So that's really nice when you have that, you know, someone like me to do that for you, but that's not normal, right? That's not the norm. That's not the standard. That's not even what most players are going to have access to. Uh, So I would say planning comes down really, it becomes really critical. I think you, when you have a game coming up, especially if it's a major one, you want to perform at your best, you need to look ahead, you know, where are we going? What do I know my team's going to provide, or am I going to have access to? And then maybe I have to take some responsibility on myself to like, look around the hotel we're staying at and seeing what what I could DoorDash or, you know, is there a grocery store? I could go buy some stuff. You can do, you can eat really well for cheap. Um, you can eat really well in a hotel with some things that don't even require um, any sort of, of effort and cooking at all, you, but you have to know how to do it and you have to plan, plan that ahead of time. So, um, you know, if you're looking ahead to that, and you know, you don't have those resources, then, um, you know, trying to figure out, well, what skills do I need to have a place? Do I know how to grocery shop? Do I know what I'm looking for at the grocery store? Um, do I know how to prep those things? Do I have a microwave? Do I have a fridge? That's a lot to think about. Um, so you see like that, it, uh, that, that planning piece or, or a partner in your corner, like someone like me or you is, uh, is really helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, an, in my, I completely agree with you. That's the number one is to plan and look ahead. In terms of little specific strategies, so one thing I like to give to athletes I work with that are traveling a lot, um, and this goes for you know high school and even middle school, but college athletes as well, 
is to kind of look focus on the the nutrients so for them it's a lot harder to to assess what is a we'll say a performance benefiting meal and what's not so i kind of try to get them to look at the cal or the the three nutrients, carbohydrates, protein, and fat. If it's around game day, we're obviously keeping fats at minimum when we're looking at, you know, carbohydrates first and then protein. So is there any other little kind of quick hitter tips that you give to these guys for navigating, let's say, you know, they're in a, a restaurant or they're in a gas station or a grocery store? Yeah. So like my personal clients and then, um, you know, I've been with the Clippers now for like four months. And so some of the things that I'm doing with them is a little different than what I was doing course, on yeah. college and, and, and private practice area where, um, I'm coaching up a little bit more on, on their end. Cause they, again, have to do a little bit more on their own versus, uh, versus getting things taken care of for them. But so I have like a performance plate guide, which is similar to what you're talking about and a grocery shopping list where I put things into categories. And so, cause not everybody even knows what carbohydrate or protein or fat is, you know, I've got a lot of people that are, you know, at the high school or pro level that or college or pro level that don't know nutrients. So first mm. I got to figure out, you know, what are they, they know to begin with. And that's not, um, shameful if you don't know those things, but it's going to be helpful for you then to do, uh, to feel the right way once you know those things. Um, so I have a shopping list that breaks things into categories. And then I have a plate guide that's pretty much just like portioning out which of those nutrients. So your carbs, your protein, your fats, um, at what size, what amount of your plate should be filled by those. So then we're not like doing things like weighing things or calculating grams or calories. Like we're not doing that. Like, yeah. like, no, we're not doing that at a high school, college level. You're not counting calories. I'm sorry. I'm not doing that with a high school athlete. I'm not doing that even with a college athlete, unless we have some very specific goals or needs and we're dialing things in specifically. Instead, we're looking at like, okay, we need some rice or some pasta or something like that on this plate. And if it's a game day, if it's a performance day, if it's a tournament, if it's a day where we're going to be doing a lot of physical activity, that's going to be like half of our plate. We want half of our plate to be carbohydrates in our meals. And then we're going to get some other carbs throughout the day. We'll talk about timing around training and that sort of thing. Uh, and then we need protein on every plate, like protein. We can store carbohydrates. We can store fat in our body. We can't store protein. So we need those. We need protein every day uh, and we need it steadily throughout the day. And so we'll talk about the appropriate size for them. So usually using like a hand guide, you know, this is the palm of your hand or I want a full size hand serving or something like that. And that's what your protein serving should be on your plate. And then all, all the other categories. So I, um, we talk about fats on the plate, but I'm, um, my three categories are carbohydrates, protein, and color, color being mm. like fruit and vegetables. So our micronutrients, our vitamins, our minerals. And so we'll talk about those should be on every plate. Um, uh, even if you don't love vegetables, like let's work on fruit because we get some valuable nutrients there that we aren't going to get as much of from other kinds of things. Um, or we won't get enough of if we don't have a variety throughout our day. And so those are kind of the things that I'll coach them up on. And like, look, this plate guide can work with you, whether you're, um, whether you're making something at home, whether you're going out to a restaurant, whether you're at a friend's house eating, you know, something like that, you can, you can take this and you don't have to like focus on, I can only eat you know, brown rice and chicken and broccoli, but like here has all of these things I can choose from. I can cross off the things I don't like and just focus on the things that I do like. And all I need to do is max mix and match from um, these three categories. And that's going to, and, and, and 
figure out what my portions are going to be because I know what I have on my schedule for the day or what I'm going to physically do for the day uh, and matches accordingly. And then it's really easy. It's, it doesn't take, um, you don't have to know everything about nutrition to know that like, okay, more energy um, needs more carbs. Carbs are energy. Um, that's what I need. If I'm not going to be as active, maybe I don't need as much, you know, uh, uh, or if I'm trying to put on weight, I need this much, you know, um, I think that it really simplifies things and makes it easy, whether you are someone who's a younger athlete or, um, a regular non-active person, just to think of food as like, um, I need all of these things, but I need them in varying amounts, depending on what my day looks like and what my goals are. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think with the, this kind of performance plate idea, uh, it's almost like a meal building plan is the real way forward in terms of it, when you're working with kind of individuals and things that have to go out and do, the, do it themselves, rather than getting a, a meal plan that's telling you everything that you need to eat. Because for people that are busy, high school athletes, I mean, it works for some individuals, but uh, for a lot of those, they don't have the time to be following a very rigid meal plan. So I love that idea of giving, you know, you're just giving them uh, a group of proteins, a group of carbohydrates, a group of fats. And as long as you're ticking them off and they're they're from you know good sources for the most part obviously don't worry about deviating a small bit but you don't have to worry if you're having white rice instead of your brown rice yeah. i did have a quick question on okay so one challenge i have with especially the younger athletes is emphasizing the importance of uh, fruit and veg they obviously know about fruit because it's energy it's sugary but emphasizing the importance of veg in a uh, performance kind of nutrition plan yeah. They, they start to see just mac, the macros, right? Okay, carbs are important for this, protein is good for this, but where does veg fit? So how do you emphasize the importance of veg for, for an athlete? Yeah, that one's hard, you know, because I mean, I think I think with COVID, honestly, and like uh, immune health, like um, focus on immune health has been really great to be able yes. to like make micronutrients like the superstar. Um, but I think it's hard because you don't necessarily see those things in work and in play in your daily life, right? There, there, there are all of these things, there's all these processes going on inside of our bodies that we have no awareness of. Like we, we can't feel them. We can't see them. We don't always know if it's working or not working. Like we don't have really have the awareness, right? Mm. But we need all of these vitamins and minerals that we get largely from vegetables or certain vegetables to, to help help support those processes. So it's hard to get them to like, Hey, look, <laughs> you won't really notice this, but trust me, do on it. It, right. <laughs> do it. Um, but, but yeah, I think you cover like, Hey, uh, uh, some of those areas of like, look, um, uh, uh anxiety and uh mood you know something some nutrients play a role in this or you know trying to tap into i guess maybe what particularly they're trying to accomplish or or interested in right because if you don't give a crap about if you're a 10 year old you don't give a crap about your immune system like we're not going to talk about that right yeah, we're going to talk yeah. about uh and and you're going to simplify things even more for for a, like a really young athlete um but yeah i think trying to figure out what what they care about and then emphasizing the importance of like you know maybe some processes that those particular nutrients are involved involved with uh but yeah that's hard to get people on board with especially if they just written them off like i just don't like them i'm not i'm not going to eat them um then it becomes that like bargaining of like all right how do we uh, how do we like trick you into like working these into your day? Um, you know, blending up some spinach in a smoothie, uh, but it, yeah, it's, it's a tough sell sometimes to get people on board with things that they don't like to eat. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're, you're so right though, that, um, the kind of immune, this immune, 
I don't know, debate, the immune system debate when COVID came really opened people's eyes up to like what contributes to a thriving immune system. It's not just a one supplement or anything like that. It's, it's a varied diet, but yeah, so absolutely. I, I completely agree. What I like to kind of tell these athletes as well is macros are giving you the energy, right? They're the actual energy in its raw form, but you need the micronutrients to actually synthesize that energy. You know, they're so important in that, in the processes of converting that energy. And then another one is kind of inflammation. Inflammation is such a highly debated topic. Now, everyone looking at antioxidant supplements and all these kind of different extracts when it's, if you just eat a very diet, that's actually yeah. what we kind of recommend because you don't really want to eradicate inflammation, you know? So yeah, it's, it's really, that's, I feel like that's the challenge, especially because they don't have huge appetites as well. A lot of athletes. So trying to force yeah. something that's not as savory or tasty is, is a challenge. Well, yeah. And then like your, your, uh, your younger athletes too, like you say inflammation, they're like, what's that? Why do Not I care? Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so it's, it can be tricky. It can be tricky with them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but I think that's a, a good point you made about like, we, we need them to actually extract that energy and, um, out of the food, you know, and in turn convert it into energy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So I won't keep you too much longer. I know you're very busy, but I would, be hated if I didn't ask some specific NBA questions. Um, but what are some kind of, okay, so let's talk about like a college athlete or a high school athlete that's really trying to, really trying to just improve their nutrition right away, take some very realistic steps. Now, I don't want to say towards being an NBA player or doing what NBA players do, but what are some very simple steps you could give me um, that would kind of, it's not modeling what NBA players are doing, but it's somewhere in and around there. Yeah. Um, eat breakfast. Excellent. <laughs> eat breakfast every day. <laughs> uh, I would say um, uh, start your training uh, before you have any kind of physical activity. You need, you need food in your system, um, carbohydrate rich food. Uh, so within an hour, usually before, before some training, right. Um, eat something then. So breakfast, eat something before training. Uh, if your head breakfast counts is like right before training, then you might not need to add something in. Uh, we need to recover. We need to put some carbohydrates, especially back into our system after a hard training session. Protein's important too, but I think a lot of people miss that carbohydrate part mm. or we want to refuel our, our energy storage that we've just depleted during training. Um, so those are like the, the, those are, I saw some big ones right there. And then, um, uh, I would say, you know, we talked about inflammation too, and look at ways where we can manage inflammation. So, um, that's kind of a, that's a big category of like, okay, one, getting those fruits and vegetables on our plate, eating a varied diet, like you talked about, um, recovering appropriately, um, and, and, and then also uh, reducing things that are going to promote inflammation. So like not having um, super sugary things all the time. Like I'm not a sugar hater. I, <laughs> I love sugar, uh, <laughs> but you know, but like if we're having a lot of um, quote unquote junk food items a lot, and we're not having those uh, nutrient dense foods, foods are going to be providing some sort of nutrition. Uh, those are, and, and those things are replacing some things in our diet. Those things are going to promote inflammation, um, as well as like too much saturated fats, you know, our 
buttery things, our, our Alfredo sauces and that sort of thing. So um, really just kind of, I think if you have those things in mind, like we need to be eating breakfast, but then also eating consistently throughout the day, we need to be fueling, uh, fueling our training process and fueling our recovery process and taking care of our bodies by, by eating things that are nutritious. Um, and then, uh, keeping things that are less nutrition in moderation. Those are, I feel like really big, big can be big, complex ideas, or we can really simplify them, but, um, those are really good foundational habits to carry throughout life. Um, and so, yeah, I think those will, those will be helpful to, to implement. And even if it's just like, if you're not currently eating, um, before your training and you start doing that, I think you'll notice an improvement in how you're feeling. I think doing those things um, would be a radical change for a lot of young athletes and they would see massive benefit instead of getting stuck in the weeds. Do you, do you see that a lot with, let's say your private practice where you're, you're kind of having to pull people back from the real, the supplements and the, the very specialized, okay, what am the carb loading or the, the pregame meal when it's like, you got to do the, the pillars consistently before you look at that. Do you find yes. that? Yeah. 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 I mean, people want, you know, people want a plan or people want to know like what supplements should I be taking? And then I'm doing a review with them or talking you know, or, or checking on both of their like foundational knowledge and just kind of what they're doing. And, and there's some bigger rocks, like some lower hanging fruit that we can make a difference on and that we need to establish or resolve initially before we can move the needle forward. Um, we shouldn't be talking about supplements at all until we've got like a good foundation. And so if you're skipping a bunch of meals, um, you're not really consistent with how you're fueling, you know, supplements aren't going to fix that. They're not going to, if they're to supplement to the diet, to add on top of the diet. So they're not to like have it instead of, or, uh, you know, they, they, they just won't, they're not going to serve a purpose if you're not getting the other nutrients that you need foundationally for energy, for recovery, for whatever else. So, um, you know, I see people wasting a lot of money and energy and, and again, mental energy and, and thinking about all these supplements that I need, uh, when really like just eat, first of all, just, just eat every three hours. First of all, let's try that first. <laughs> if your energy sucks, cause you don't eat enough, yes. <laughs> you don't need you don't need the energy drinks. You don't need the energy boosters or, you know, whatever you heard, or, or even the, the, the nootropics and the, the brain, you know, stems, things like that. You, you don't need that. What you need is just to like eat some carbs. <laughs> yes. 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 Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree yeah. more. That's great to hear from the top as well. Okay. So in terms of pregame meals, what's uh, what's a favorite with the, with either UCLA or the Clippers, what's a go-to that, that the guys love and that you kind of, you, you like, like to promote we're pretty basic so it's like for some guys it's pasta it's just like a big bowl of pasta and some fruit uh usually beforehand um some of them will have like we'll have proteins there but we're not going to do too much heavy protein uh, depending on how close we are for um for like ucla uh they ate like four hours out so we could have a yep. pretty mixed nutrient meal we could have some fats in there we could have some higher protein even we've got enough time for it to digest uh, with the Clippers, we're eating a little bit closer to game time. So we're only a lot of them, you know, by the time they're doing warm ups, warm ups and stuff, they might only be eating like an hour to two hours out. Uh, so then we're just going to focus pretty much just carbs. Um, keep okay. it simple. So, um, PB and J's is a big one. It, you know, even at the top PB and J's, uh, of pasta, like I said, so a lot of them like, like a soup for some reason, like a chicken and rice soup. Um, and, but then again, we'll add on fruit and then I'll, I'll add in some extra things too, and make sure that they've got enough of the carbohydrate energy for them. 
Gotcha. That's so funny. You said about the PB and J. I, uh, I actually just made a reel where I said PB and J was a great pregame meal, but I heard this story. I don't know if you've heard it with the golden state warriors where they had their nutritionist or their dietitian had, they, they were eating PB and J's. It was their pregame routine. And this new dietitian came in and said, we can't be eating that. Yeah. And then they got massive pushback saying like, these guys are going out playing a 48 minute game. You know, they're professional athletes. The PB and J is it's good. Never like they need it. Did, yeah. did you hear something about that? I did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did. I, and I don't know. I don't know all of the aspects around that. I think you have to first, I, you know, we talked about this at the beginning, like rapport building and you got to understand the culture. You got to understand mm-hmm. what you work with. Cause if you come in if and if you come in and take things away, even if it's not something you agree with, with your nutrition philosophy or, um, you know, whatever else, if, if it's not something you agree with, you take something away that is important to people, you're going to, you're going to, you're not going to make friends yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be harder for you to make, um, to then get them on your side to make recommendations and stuff. So I think it's important to like, even if things aren't what you, the most ideal and you think they could be doing better. I think that you got to, um, observe a little bit first and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and make sure a big change isn't going to cause such a reaction. Yeah. And I think, yeah, and we'll, we'll kind of close it out in a, a minute now, but I think you're so right that, a lot of times um, I actually do some talks around with the military. So I didn't know that was your initial background, uh, yeah. but I'll, I'll tell these guys, you know, when you leave, if you're motivated at all by listening to me, I don't want you to start cutting things out. You should yeah. take the additive approach first, where you just start adding healthy behaviors in and right. then you just build that momentum. And like you say, trust with n- not me, but the, the, the actual science of nutrition, I, I suppose. And that's when you say, okay, maybe I can cut, you know, the six beers I'm having every night out or something, but that's, that's really, that's, I think that's such an important uh, aspect not to be cutting things out. Recovery, especially when on the road, what is uh, a specific meal they, they try to get in right after, right after a game? Yeah. So if they, um, so when they're home, I will do, uh, I'll make smoothies. I'll make custom smoothies for everybody. And so we'll get something in pretty much right away. Uh, cause some of them, so if you're going to eat right away, if you're going to eat a full meal, then you don't necessarily need to have like a shake or, you know, something like that, uh, like a chocolate milk or something like that. Um, but if it's going to be a little bit, then you want to, if it's, you know, by the time you like finish your game shower, get home or whatever your your after game routine is, um, then you probably want to add something in, uh, mm. you know, within like an hour afterwards. So for the ones, uh, so I just do smoothies for everybody and that way I can for sure get the nutrients in. they can take their time, you know, getting out of the locker room, getting their meal. A lot of them will, will box up whatever the post game is and, and take it with them anyways. They're not going to eat it right away. Uh, but, um, I, I do a lot of different things as far as post game, um, depends on like, you know, if we're traveling right afterwards, if we have a game right afterwards or not, like if we have a couple days and, you know, I might do pizza, I might do fried chicken. I might do the stuff that they really like. If I know we've got a couple days, um, yeah. until our next game, if it's a back to back, I'm probably going to keep it a little bit, um, a little bit more health promoting. And we might do something like I'll have like a chicken, uh, a beef of some sort, a fish of some sort, um, a few different carb options uh some vegetables of course some fruit and even maybe dessert depending on uh on the particular meal sushi is always a hit they wow sushi they love some sushi sushi's great because we've got a lot of carbohydrate right all the rice yeah. um, we've got our protein in there and then if you you can add some vegetables in there as well so uh we can get really and check savory all the tasty right yeah, savory. yeah yeah wow wow that's brilliant okay 
didn't know that sushi. I'll, uh, I don't know if the, uh, the younger athletes have the budget to be buying sushi, but yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> well, but, you know, then, you know what, a good old Italian meal is always a hit too. Yes. So yes. spaghetti, uh, uh, any kind of pasta truly will go over well. Um, and then bread, garlic bread, <laughs> you know, and, yeah, and yeah. Then just proteins like a grilled chicken or a salmon or something like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Okay. I have three really short ones okay. left and, and then we'll, and I will, we'll call it then for sleep. Do you recommend anything specifically for sleep for these guys? Because I know the Clippers, you guys travel to the East coast, uh, for these road trips, whether it's a supplement, like do you, do you, do they, these guys look at melatonin or anything like that? Or is that so outside I- of your kind of no. So, well, I mean, sleep routine is really important, right? So like, yeah. you know, trying to set as consistent of a bedtime as possible, having a wind down routine, um, shutting off electronics, you know, that sort of thing. But a lot of times we're not getting into a hotel until like midnight, 1am. Um, and then, uh, you know, up for a meeting at nine or 10am. So, you know, trying to use that time wisely, right? Like not just get in, you turn on the TV, you know, chill for what I like, like actually try to go to bed um, mm. or sleeping on the plane. Maybe it's hard for them to fall asleep. So yeah, we'll, we'll do, I'll do um, tart cherry juice for a lot of them is a, is a big recommendation. So tart cherry juice, um, naturally occurring melatonin uh, can help with getting to sleep uh, faster and staying asleep longer. Um, most of the research is recommending that twice a day. Uh, so I at least try to get that in like around bedtime to get some of the bedtime benefits, but you know, most optimal to then also add in like maybe like a morning uh, or a post exercise or something like that. Dose of, of the tart cherry juice. Um, that's a big one. And then um, some of uh, uh, there's like uh, there's other products that have like some magnesium in them. Magnesium mm. can be helpful for sleep as well. Uh, I don't uh, melatonin. I'll, I'll have sometimes, but I try not to like regularly recommend that as a as a as a regular thing unless we're really struggling. Uh, but a lot of times it's more of the habits around sleep than yeah. actual you know inability to sleep. Caffeine, watching caffeine, making sure that we're not um, having you know coffee after like six p.m. or, or, or you know some or sometime where it's affecting our sleep, especially if we do struggle with that. Gotcha. Yeah. Sleep is the goat for recovery and injury. Oh my God. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like you say with nutrition, it's the basics will get you, you know, most of the way there, but okay. And then supplements, because as a nutritionist, you know, I guess I always, well, I don't say I I got this off someone else, but it's a pendulum, right? Uh, We were condemning stuff, you know, the kind of nutrition industry was condemning supplements, but for high level athletes, they're obviously going to have some place and, and you mentioned something like tart cherry cherry juice which is very promising research there and um are there any other kind of supplements that you you recommend to higher level and very very kind of guys with uh high training loads yeah so i i do like a vitamin regimen for for most of my athletes and and it'll vary depending on their particular lab values their particular diet um their particular needs but um it could be anything from like uh omega-3s so fish oil uh for most of them um a vitamin d i'm often doing vitamin d um magnesium is one that i'm supplementing a lot uh and then a basic multivitamin especially for my guys that i know aren't great aren't consistently getting in a lot of fruits and vegetables or that sort of thing, or don't have a lot of diet variety. Um, then I'm do like a basic multi with them. Um, and then, you know, more like in the traditional supplement realm, um, creatine is a big one. Um, creatine for that explosiveness for those short bursts of power is helpful. Um, uh, there is concussion in basketball too. So, uh, creatine is actually great for, um, 
some prevention of the symptoms or, or the extremity of, of, of a concussion and then as well as recovery from from head trauma. Um, so creatine can be helpful there. And then also for anybody trying to put on size or maintain size or um, during an injury as well, creatine can be helpful. So creatine is one I'm doing often. Uh, collagen. Um, collagen is one I'm doing a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. Collagen. Pre-exercise is, is what most of the research is saying um, as of late, uh, uh, about an hour before activity. If you can do that with a source of vitamin C, don't necessarily need to have the vitamin C um, side by side with it, but often it's just e- easy to combo those. So like, you know, instead of your collagen and your coffee, add your collagen to some orange juice and then have that, you know, an hour before your activity. And that's helpful for, um, soft tissue injury prevention, recovery, that sort of thing. And then the, the reasoning of pre-training is because we need blood flow to those areas and we get the best blood flow when we're, when we're active. Um, so those are the major ones. And then like yeah. a protein supplement, usually I'm adding a protein powder, uh, plant Lately, a lot of my guys are doing plant-based. So um, either a soy or a pea-based protein are, are going to be your best choices for a, for a plant-based. Um, and then if not, like a whey protein. Uh, and then some guys like a casein protein before bed. Yeah. For yeah. That's pretty much the spectrum of them. Excellent. Excellent. Great. Um, okay. Last fun question and then we're done. And then you can tell us where we can find you because I was looking through your stuff and anyone who's an athlete can absolutely benefit from the things you provide online. But feel no pressure to answer this. Um, you might not be able to, but who is the most committed to and like most on top of their nutrition on the Clippers? On the Clippers, most committed. Who is very, very kind of like, we'll say, regimental about their nutrition? Let's see. Well, I have uh, I have one athlete. He's a he's a, a newer athlete. Um, his name is Brandon Boston, and he really impresses me because he's just really receptive to um, the things that I recommend. Uh, he's usually like the first one who's taking his his vitamins, um, doing asking for his protein shake. So he's I wouldn't say like super regimented, but uh, but consistently like has food, is doing the right things, is on board, is open to learning, um, uh, and is doing doing a lot of checking a lot of the right boxes. So I'm really proud of him and excited to see him grow as a player that's awesome he's a baller he's a baller he's an up-and-comer for sure okay tell us a small bit about your website and the e-course and then um the meal planning platform because they look awesome Thank you. Yeah. So uh, website uh, and, and Instagram and TikTok are all pretty much the same. Jessica, the sports RD uh, at a dot com for the website. And then uh, as far as website, so I'll have like a meal planning service. That one's actually um, not necessarily for athletes. Uh, it's more so for kind of um, uh, general population, people that want some guidance. It's a cool like um, e-platform where uh, I set up the nutrition prescription. So I'll you know have a conversation, understand your uh, needs, your nutrient needs, plug in some stuff into the back end, and then we work together to kind of uh, tailor a like um, it like auto generates plans based on your preferences and your needs and that sort of thing. So it's like a meal plan, but it's a, a smart meal plan. So it's, it's more, uh, more that AI that, that gets to know you versus mm. like here's a printed off plan that doesn't have, uh, you can't choose and make differences from. So I, I like it because I think it teaches and then it has a lot of great nutritious things on it. Uh, but some other things that are for athletes specific on my website, I've got a lot of handouts and downloads. I've got an yeah. e-course 
Um, so any course, it's like uh, a lot of what you would learn in, you know, six months working with a dietitian, um, just a little bit more affordable, I feel like, and you get a ton of resources with the e-course. So it takes you through, um, it's like 10 videos uh, that break down all these different areas, a lot that we talked about, but a lot more in depth. And then you do a little bit of work through this workbook of kind of tailoring things specifically to you. So things that you're learning from the course, then you start applying that to creating your own uh, performance enhancing plan. Excellent. And I couldn't recommend that more because the information is not information out of a textbook. It's information that's being applied at the top level. So absolutely. Uh, that is fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm sorry it went a bit over time. I just had so many questions for you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll, I'll link everything in the, in the show notes so people can find you. All right. Thanks so much for having me on. Appreciate it. Take care. Thank you. So there you have it. That's the advice from the very, very top. I hope you found that as informative as I did. Plenty of actionable strategies in there. For me, it was so interesting because that those are the recommendations that the very, very top athletes, the professional athletes are applying and that is ultimately giving them the performance that we see night in and night out. I will link all of the resources that Jessica provides on her website as well as where you can find her online. But I want to give a special shout out to her Instagram where she shares, like we talked about at the very outset of the podcast, conversation starting reels. Very, very informative, funny, relaxed, and you'll definitely take something away from them. So that is at the Jessica Sports RD. You can also visit her website, jessicathesportsrd.com. And she has, you know, a meal planning app with a variety of recipes as she said that's targeting uh, the gen pop the recreationally active individual and um, with goals of either weight loss muscle gain and of course she also has an abundance of athlete specific resources she also has a nutrition course that you can go through step by step the fundamental principles of nutrition and that is all on our website so definitely go check that out check out our instagram that is all for today thank you so much for listening i'm sorry it went on we're at almost an hour now they're definitely going to be shorter but i'm going to have a lineup of amazing guests on if you could could i please ask that you just leave a rating and possibly review it helps us out massively on this platform that's the first thing people look at before they dip into a podcast have a fantastic day and we'll see you next wednesday